Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, Jason, episode sixty-three, and uh, man, I'm excited about this one. This this story, uh, man, it needed to be told, and there's a, there's some twists and turns going on here. No, yeah, uh, you know, Evan uh, Jackson Carball uh, played at Buchanan High School, and just his story and his adversity, and just the triumph of different things that life threw at him, and for him to come out, you know pretty much to say come out alive probably an understatement but um yeah exactly you know just just the stuff he had to go through and be able to achieve the goals that he's achieved is uh it's amazing yeah truly truly amazing man he's some of the stuff some of the twists and stuff in the story just had my uh you know had my jaw hitting the floor it was uh it was crazy to hear about um so yeah really good stuff here um especially now that you know, we can look back on it, and uh, everything's good. He's uh, he's doing well these days. So um, crazy, just an absolutely crazy story, though. So we'll get you out to that in just a couple minutes here. But uh, you know, there's a couple things going on locally right now. Baseball season's off and running. We had a couple of a uh, couple of newsworthy things in uh, the coaching world for basketball go down. Yeah, um, you have right. We have Coach Streets at Central stepping down. Um, so that job's officially been posted. Uh, the rumor is uh, Shannon Taylor is a front runner. Um, people probably remember Shannon from Bullard, the playing days at Bullard. Coached at Kerman for a little bit. Uh, was uh, coaching at uh, Riverside Junior College. Um, also heard Will Hooker's name getting thrown in for the central job. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then um, Jervis Cole and Edison decided to part ways. So it'll be interesting to see who goes for Edison. And, you know, I just, I feel like Edison, uh, the luster of that job, you know, after coach Wilkins, now after Jervis, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know who you're going to find better. Um, and it's, it's almost that whole narrative with Clovis high is Clovis high got rid of John Jones and, you know, they thought they were going to be able to bring in somebody big time and, you know, it's nothing against Will Hooker and nothing against John Hines, but, people in the basketball community, they will tell you what kind of coach John Jones is and Clovis High basketball hasn't, they haven't been close to what they were under Jones. Um, and it's the same thing with Edison, right? Like Jervis never really got a summer. He never really got anything just because of COVID, but you know, it's tough. You know, they forced out Wilkins, um, you know, they brought Jervis in, really didn't get an opportunity to do what he wanted to do. Um, and you know, it just doesn't seem like the administration support is, uh, where it needs to be at Edison. And so, I, you know, whoever comes in to that position is going to have a lot of work to do. Yeah, man, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting, right? If, if, uh, if a big day, my Jervis is not getting support over there, who, who's going to get the support needed to, to be successful? I mean, it's just, uh, it's a curious decision, but, uh, we'll see, you know, Maybe it'll work out for him. Who knows? But we'll have to wait and see, you know, what direction they go there. And, uh, yeah, man, that's going to be one of those intriguing hires. See what, see what happens over there. Yeah. And then, you know, like I know for like Memorial girls, 
right? They're looking for a coach. I'm kind of, I don't know, you kind of go to a state championship, you feel like you would, you know, I feel like you would just name that coach, take off that interim tag and give him the job. But, you know, I guess like the Raiders, they feel like, hey, we probably can go get somebody better, you know? And so um, it'll be interesting to see who takes that over. Yeah, yeah, 100%, right? That was kind of a a storyline all year long. They, you know, they went into the season. They thought they had their coach, had to make a midseason change, which is never good. And, uh, you know, they actually gave it to somebody with a, the interim tag who kind of stabilized things and seemed to figure it out. Um, you know, off on the court with X's and O's, I don't know how good she is. I don't know about all that, but it seemed they seemed to play much, much better when she took over. And I thought that would uh, I thought that would mean something, but who knows? Yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, who uh, who takes that over. Um, but you know, whoever does take over Memorial Girls is, you know, they're going to take over an unbelievable roster, an um, uh, unbelievably talented team. So you know, you're walking into a, you know, you're walking into a state caliber, <laughs> state caliber team, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's pretty rare for a coach to walk into a situation that's as loaded as that one. I mean, that's pretty uh, pretty rare. Most coaches don't walk away, you know, from a team that's that talented. So that, those jobs don't normally open up. But uh, well, and that's the crazy thing is it's they'll be trying to think. You had Tino Reynolds, then you went Corey Fisher, Jackie White. So this would technically be like their fifth coach. Yeah, yeah in five years, six years, you know. So that's that's what's crazy. It tells you just how talented they've been to to you know have success throughout that kind of cha- that kind of coaching change. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, you know it's that time of year. It's interesting. Teams are uh, getting ready, starting to uh, you know look look ahead towards summer ball and trying to get better in the off season and. You know, got a few uh, high-profile coaching situations to monitor. And uh, have you heard anything about uh, what direction Sanger went with their new, the new high school with that out there? Oh yeah, they hired uh, their old uh, the Sanger High boys freshman coach. Okay, so, so they kept used to, yeah. So they kept they, it they didn't open it. Yeah, they didn't open it up to the public or anything. They kind of just named someone in house. Is kind of what I was told uh, from my sources who work in Sanger, coach at Sanger. They yeah. just uh, they kind of did like an in-district thing. And I, a lot of school districts are doing that just with COVID and kind of how everything was going. Not really sure how things were going to play out. So a lot of school districts I know were like on hiring freezes. So they could only, they were only like hiring within. Gotcha. So. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's well, uh, hold on. Okay. And then coach. So we're talking about Jackson Carball. So, Jackson Carl Hall ended up transferring to Fresno Pacific, and the coach he played for, Coach <laughs> Chris Wright. I got to give a shout out to my man, Coach Wright. They won today in overtime, so today's Monday. So tomorrow this gets released. They play at 7 p.m. ESPN three, so it's Kansas City time seven. So it would be five o'clock. Yeah, our time on ESPN three Thursday. Yeah, two hour difference for the uh, NAIA uh, national championship. Um, so they play Loyola, who. They are very familiar with. Uh, they're in the same league as them, and um, somebody always said it's tough to beat a team three times. Well, Loyola's gonna have to try to beat uh, Talladega four times to win the national championship. Yeah, exactly. Um, all games, all games were close, and 
hopefully coach right. You know, if you're going to win one, this would be the one to win. 100%, right? Who cares about the one in the, the you know, the league matchups? Get this one. This is the one that matters. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, good luck to Coach Chris Wright, man. Uh, you know, like we, we had him on the podcast, got to hear his story and uh, chat with him just about his journey all the way to Talladega. And, man, the dude's had tons of stops, coaches all over the country, including right here in Fresno at Fresno Pacific. And, uh, man, how cool would that be? comes on the podcast this year and uh the same year wins a uh potentially could win a national championship that would it'd be just an incredible year for him yeah and i think it's like so it used to be they used to all have it all in kansas city and you had to win like six games or six games in like eight days or something so i think now it's it's not as bad but i still believe it's like you have to win i think you gotta win four games in five days yeah i know the first they cut out the first round the first round is hosted at somewhere else like the week prior, and then they go to Kansas City. Yeah, it is. It's one of the most toughest tournaments to win because, right, like, you know, you think about all these other, like the NC2As, like, you have time to prep, right? Like, you actually have, like, you know, we have, you have a day, and then, you know, after you make it to Sweet 16, like, you have a week, yeah, right? Whereas this is, you win the very next day. It's, hey, we don't got time to celebrate. We are focusing on the next opponent, and then, it's, you know, next opponent after next opponent. So uh, it's a very difficult tournament to win, very talented team. But, uh, you know, Coach Wright, hopefully uh, able to get it done. Yeah, we are uh, we are out Talladega fans tomorrow like, rooting for those guys. So, uh, yeah, this episode comes out on Tuesday. And uh, same day, so Tuesday night, Talladega will be in the NAIA National Championship game and uh, rooting, for, uh, rooting for Coach Chris Wright there. So good luck to Coach. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, I'm excited for people to hear this one today. We got Jackson Carbajal, and uh, like we said before, just uh, the story's the story's kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, it's a fun one though. Jackson was a good dude. Came in, and talked to us in person, and uh, yeah, story t- story takes a few uh, twists and turns there, and uh, I'm excited for everybody to hear it. So let's get right to that. Once again, this is Off the Bench, episode 63, featuring Buchanan alum Jackson Carbajal. Here we go. All right, Off the Bench podcast, Jason. You ready for this one? I'm excited about this one. Uh known this person for quite a while uh absolutely love his dad uh, i've known his dad for a very long time just through uh, the basketball and the coaching world uh but yeah i'm excited you know we have jackson carbajal uh you know arguably one of the best players to ever play basketball buchanan um you know we're in, you know just want to thank jackson for his time bryce martino wasn't available so you know jackson carbajal is just as good so yeah. i'm just kidding i had to throw that out there <laughs> bryce can't wait to hear that yeah. Man. no thank that goes you. back to the old you know all those little chaos days oh and yeah stuff. yeah <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Though. I love it. I love it. So, Buchanan alum, what, uh, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2010. All right. So, yeah. So, this is this is the best part. So, Jackson's Buchanan teams, very talented teams. Um, I wish we had his pops here right now because his pops, if I were to just bring up their section championship game where they lost the East, yeah. his dad would literally go on a rant for a good, like, 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. 
He and, could. And he when, could talk. when he hears this, he'll probably, I'll probably get a text or a phone call from him. <laughs> right away. <laughs> right away. Man. I love it. So what was it What was it like? What was your experience like growing up in the, I mean, did you come up through Buchanan all the way? No. So I actually grew up in the Santa Barbara area. Okay. I grew up in Carpinteria and all I did was play baseball. That's all I did as a kid. So I was about 12 years old. I didn't really, my dad was always coaching basketball. So I was in a gym, I was dribbling, I was shooting, but I didn't really understand the fundamentals of it. I was just playing for fun. Yeah. All I did was baseball. Then when I was about 12, we moved back to Fresno and it was 105 degrees outside. <laughs> so I hung up the baseball cleats and started playing basketball. Found uh, some air conditioning. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. So junior high and high school, yeah, I was in the Buchanan area, played basketball there. Travis DeMamby kind of picked me out of my little sixth grade team that I was on and said, you're going to come play AAU. And I didn't know what AAU was. Where I grew up, we didn't have sports until high school. Mm. So I came over here and went to Century in sixth grade, and the coach just showed up and was like, here's a basketball jersey. I was, For what? <laughs> For your school. And ever since then, man, I mean, always in, involved in sports. So, okay, so hold on. So we got to backtrack a little bit. So people might not know who Jackson's grandfather is. Absolute, like, basketball legend, coaching basketball legend. So that's kind of, like, surprises me that you didn't always play basketball just because who your grandpa was and then – knowing how much invested your dad and your both your dad and your grandpa were into basketball. Yeah, and that that surprised me too. Cuz obviously when I was a kid, all I mean all I did was baseball, so I looked at my dad as my baseball coach. I knew he coached basketball, but he was my yeah. baseball coach. And my grandpa played baseball as well. He played baseball in college too. Okay. So anything we did, I mean it was baseball and they both fit into that and I just assumed we yeah. were a baseball family. I mean, I remember crying when I was ready to quit baseball. I remember being in my room crying, like, I got to tell my dad that I'm going to quit baseball. Hmm. And I thought he was going to kill me. So I came up and told him, and he, he was great. I mean, he told me, he's like, all right, well, you're not going to do nothing. Like, you need to do something. So I told him I want to play basketball, and he was probably in the back just like, yes. <laughs> I've been waiting for this I've moment. I've been waiting. I know your grandpa had to be pumped, too. Yeah, I mean, they were both really excited. My grandpa was great watching all my games, too, because I'd ask him after the game, like, how'd I do? And he would tell me, he said, well, do you want me to answer as your grandpa or <laughs> do you want me to answer as a coach? And sometimes I just ask it for the grandpa response. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to yeah. hear the coach stuff. Well, let's finish that thought. Who's, uh, who's the grandpa? Oh, Frank Carbajal. Okay. Yeah, he, he coached uh, in the 60s and, and in the 80s with Fresno State. Nice. Um, then he coached at El Camino High School. He coached at Hartnell for a while. Hartnell's where he retired. Um, but he, I mean, he had coached at every level. He was a scout with the, with the Utah Jazz for a little while. He's been around it yep. at yeah. all levels for a long time. And the most impressive thing is his free throw shooting ability. I mean, he does basketball camps where he would just shoot free throws and, and be talking and teaching kids and just not missing, <laughs> making free throws. And, and he'd shoot them with his eyes closed and make them. I mean, there were times when I, I mean, he was probably 65, 70 years old and I was 12-ish. And he'd be out there and he'd be shooting and he'd always say, that go in, I, I can't see that far. <laughs> he'd make it every time. And he was incredible. And and like I said earlier, baseball, I mean, he was a pitcher. So he, he was a lefty and he, he threw, every time he moved, or every time he threw the ball had some movement on it. He was an athlete. And well, good. Well, great. we know it skipped a generation. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to <laughs> shout out to my dad right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it skipped a generation, <laughs> man. 
Love you, carbs. Love you out there. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a text for that one. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Phone's probably blowing up right now. <laughs> but no, yeah, so, okay, so you, you know, you played basketball. So did you, when did you just hang up the baseball cleats? Uh, that, that summer, that seventh grade summer. So like uh, right when you got here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got here, played a season, and I, I was heavy into it. And you know how Clovis baseball yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I could play. I mean, I was good, but it just was it was so time consuming and it got to the point where my favorite part of baseball was taking my socks off because <laughs> we were done. It was so hot. And I remember yeah. those numbers. Remember you had those numbers that were like uh, stuck to your Jersey Yeah, and it would stick to my back. And then I get into my mom's old van and it was leather seats <laughs> and it'd be just, ugh. and I, it was too hot out there. And, and baseball is hard because I mean, I played football for a while too. And at least in football, you're moving. Yeah. So like baseball, I'm just standing out there baking a lot of the time. Um, but I still love the game. I, yeah. I love it. Love coaching it. I enjoy watching it because I know a lot about it. But it, it was hard for me when I first moved out here. I came from the beach, so the hottest it was was about 80 degrees. <laughs> that, 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 those summer heats here in the, in the valley in Fresno it hit a little different. Well, and of all schools to jump into, right? You're jumping into yeah. a Tom Donald program yeah. where it's 100% or 110% or nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, when I was a freshman, I went out to fall ball and I didn't, I didn't have a belt. <laughs> so I showed up and Donald made me run a mile and I just ended up running to my house and never came back. <laughs> that's, that's probably what he wanted you to do, to be yeah, honest. Right, seriously. <laughs> you like the baseball comeback, yeah, it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah, no, it was quick, man, and I was out again. I, I thought you were going to say you just ran to your house, grabbed a belt, and came back. <laughs> no, ran to my house, sat down, got a basketball, and started shooting again. <laughs> All right, so you know, you go, you went to Alta Sierra. How were your Alta Sierra teams? The Alta Sierra teams were good. We could never beat Kasner. Um, I feel like had, that's just a <laughs> just a story of everyone's yeah. life. I, we beat Clovis West a lot, though. Yeah, shout out to Denzel. Yeah, and I tell him that all the time yeah. too. But um, Kasner, we could never beat Kasner. Um, Chris De La Torre was dominant. Hey, Chris, Chris De La Torre just was probably in seventh and eighth grade might have been the best basketball player in this area in seventh and eighth grade we called him Shaq. i mean he <laughs> was dominant he was like legitimately i don't know if he how much chris grew like he ended up being a really good baseball player as well yeah but like after it and when he got in high school but he was i like, had to be like six three six four right yeah like, and i don't i don't think he grew a lot in high school yeah um but i mean he was that big in junior <laughs> high and then they had carlton too carlton yeah. i think came that eighth grade year yeah and jason ritchie was on it yeah team. like that team was loaded yeah. Those teams were loaded. We couldn't beat them, <laughs> but we, I mean, we beat everybody else at that time because East didn't have Rob and Kevin. Yeah. So we were able to beat them at the time. Um, but our, 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 they were always competitive. I think we tied for the league championship in eighth grade. And um, then it went into those AAU seasons. We always fought with Clovis High because Clovis High had Jeff Arndt. And, oh, yeah. Because uh, Stover was still, Stove was still yeah. over at, uh, Stove is still there. Yeah, still close. And they were in Doc Weiler. And that, yeah. I mean, that group was good. So it was pretty, it was fun. I think, I mean, I didn't, I was in eighth grade, so I didn't know what I was watching at the time. But I think you could probably see it at eighth grade at that level. Like, these guys are going to be good when they get older. Yeah. You know? And that, that group, I mean, there was a couple good teams around then. So uh, let's go, let's backtrack just a, a quick minute here. You did mention you got into basketball and Travis DeMambi got you an AAU ball what was that like did you know anything about Travis nope I don't know he's just <laughs> just a guy some dude some dude it was a I knew he coached uh he coached my cousin I think so he coached Coop yeah and one of the 
freshman or JV teams. I don't know. But he was always around, and he coached me because I didn't know who he was. He came and told me to play basketball, and then when I found out who he was, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then I was lucky enough to kind of be in the gym. He didn't coach. Actually, he was my math teacher in high school. <laughs> but he didn't coach uh, – when I was in high school. I think he stopped like the year before I got there. So let's kind of backtrack too. So this is when Fertig was running the program. Mm-hmm. This is when Jack was yeah. running the program. So this is before Swain even is in the picture all those days. So, because even Watt, right? Ryan yeah, Watt Ryan was, Watt was, was there. coaching with yeah. Buchanan. Fertig, Watt. My dad was helping out. Yeah. Like right when we moved there, my dad helped out. So, yeah. Um, but, the long list of names for Buchanan. No, yeah. That's, yeah. Fertig came in and, yeah, brought some uh, some people in for his staff, and they 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 got that thing going. And I think Fertig is really right; like he's the one who kind of really got the whole AAU thing kind of really going. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like there, I don't because I believe I want to say he replaced Tony Peterson. Yeah. I feel like, and I don't like, and he's the one who kind of was like, "Hey," because you know he had Alex was coming in and mm-hmm. just really like, "Hey," the AAU scene really started like picking up and taking off. I'm pretty sure Fertig is the one who kind of really got that got those that ball rolling and yeah i just kind of walked into it at sixth grade i didn't and again i came from a town where we didn't play sports till high school i mean when i played basketball was at the ymca and then they had the little club football stuff a little pop warner football and then little league baseball but there was nothing attached to schools so when i came here and i saw how much school sports there were it kind of blew my mind i didn't i didn't know that this even existed clovis sports is <laughs> unreal yeah so I imagine so in junior high you probably played all three sports though, right? Uh, I played a little bit of football and then I didn't play baseball. Oh, I didn't so play were, for the team, huh? No, okay. and then basketball. So never came back after that mile. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, man, just, that heat'll get you. It does. I love that story. I was I was soft when I was young, you know. <laughs> but you were bouncy. Yeah, you used to be. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> so all right, you come into Buchanan. Your freshman year, Fertig is Fertig still the coach? When does the whole the transfer of Swain come in and Fertig leave? Fertig coached my seventh grade year. Swain coached my eighth grade year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, it was hard at first too because I thought my dad was going to get that job. Yeah. So my dad coached with Fertig, and it just kind of made sense to me. My dad's on their staff. Yep. He's going to take because my dad, my dad's probably the best coach, and I'm a little biased. No, I, <laughs> I think my dad's the best coach I've been around. Maybe beside my grandpa, but I thought for sure he was going to get that job. He already knew us all. He had already yep. been working with that AAU team that was going to be very good. I thought he was going to get it, and then Swain got it in eighth grade, um, and it was different. It was hard because I thought I was going to play for my dad, and then ended up playing eighth grade for Greg Sansom, and then uh, went into high school, and they were 0-10 the varsity year when I was in eighth grade, and then my freshman year we were 0-10. Dang. 0 and 10. So right off the bat, you played varsity as a freshman? Yes. On an 0 and 10 team. So who were the seniors? Do you remember who the seniors were your freshman year? Yeah, it was uh, my cousin Coop, so Cooper Steele, uh, Cody Warner. Okay, I remember Cody. Yeah, and then uh, Kenny Job. Okay. And Kenny Job, man, it's a yeah. big guy. Yeah. Big guy. So he would push me around and call me freshman and, <laughs> you know. Is that when Coop had the headband too? No, Coop did that in college. Yeah, really, he had the right? long hair. Yeah, yeah really he did college that in college. Was the headband. Okay. Coop in high school was the, the technical king. <laughs> he was trying to see, you know, most people see how many points they can get in the game. He was trying to see how many technicals he could get. Shout out to Cooper Steele. 
let you know Clovis Hyde did a great job and led him to mm-hmm. uh, the section championship this yeah. year. So I got to give a shout out to Coop. Yeah, that was impressive. That that was really, um, really fun to see them to be able to do that. And I, it's the second year in a row they've played in one of the Valley Championships. Yeah. It's a little different now. Yeah, than it was. 10 years, 12 yeah, years ago yeah, when I played. But with the Open and all yeah, this other stuff. Yeah, but it's it was cool to see. He did a great job. Uh, he kind of got thrown into that the last second. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, those girls play hard for him, though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they work hard. Yeah. I love his pin thing idea, too. Love that. That's a great idea. I've already been messaging him back. Yeah. I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, your freshman year, playing basketball, you guys are 0-10. Mm-hmm. Were you the only freshman on the varsity team? No, Lance Orinder. Okay. You remember Lance? Lance had a flat-out cannon. Yeah. Flat-out cannon. Unbelievable quarterback. Yeah. Flat-out cannon. Stud quarterback for Buchanan in those days. Okay, so you guys are 0-10, then your sophomore year. Yeah, Brandon Sperling. Okay, that'll so change some things. We, uh, you know what's funny is I look at that team my freshman year, and me, Lance, and Brandon um, were younger, and, I mean, we were all tiny. Yeah. I probably weighed 125 pounds. I had a guard Brandon Johnson I weighed about 120 pounds so it was it was rough yeah but um we had some good basketball players we were just young yeah we just weren't um great at the time but as my high school career went on we we kept getting better uh, I guess that's what you want yeah so um it was hard though I mean because th- that that eighth grade year we were competitive yeah we were playing with everybody and then all of a sudden less than a calendar year later we lost to everybody You're, yeah and it's it's different too though you know you're as a you know you're a freshman 15 years old mm-hmm. playing against 18 year olds yeah. sometimes 19 year olds right like yeah. it's bodies are differently yes different at that time you're going against guys who you know a lot more mature mm-hmm. understand what exactly the coach wants the game they're used to the speed and the tempo of that game and yep. it's a huge jump from going from 8th grade to varsity basketball i just stood out there and shot threes the whole time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it it was hard. Those guys, I mean, they were strong. I I was not, like I said, I weighed 130 pounds. I probably couldn't even bench press that at the time. Yeah. So I was I was tiny. I was not going in the key if I didn't have to. And then, so Clovis East was, that's Tim Amundsen's East teams were dominant. I think that's kind of like their start, right? Of yeah. Winning. 08, my sophomore year. Okay, because yeah. Joe Renaga and them, right? The John one. Hedrington. Yeah. Yeah. So your sophomore year, so we'll go right into your sophomore year. So you guys at least won some league games, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we were six and four. Um, that summer was great for me. I don't know why, but you remember LeBrent Chappelle? Yeah. LeBrent Chappelle and Brandon Johnson. Both was. Yeah. They, for some reason, they liked me. And they kept telling me to come to their open gyms, and I did. I went to Clovis West like my whole freshman summer and was playing basketball with those guys, with LeBrent and Brandon and uh, Elliot. Elliot Berry. Yeah. And you know who would come over uh, was George DeLeon from City. Yeah. And those guys, man, that was huge for me because that was varsity basketball experience that I had never, aside from the freshman year, yeah. but that was a chance to be able to just get and play. And that was great for, I think, for my growth as well, to be able to do that. So the sophomore year, um, now Brandon's a senior, and I get to learn from him after having that summer of playing with LeBrent and those guys who were very, very good, they went to the state championship the year before. Um, so it was a great growing period for me. Because that's the year before is when they had um, that the Shelton's, right? Yeah, had Shelton. DeJon Jackson. 
Yeah, that was yeah, that was a uh, Joey Parker six year. Yeah, Tim Shelton was supposed to play my freshman year. Yeah, but he that's the year he got hurt. That okay. was his senior year. He got hurt. I don't okay. think he played at all his senior year, but he was supposed to be on that team. And yeah, I mean, they were still really really good. No, yeah. So you guys go six and four. That's a huge jump, right? Going from zero and ten to six and four. Huge jump. Wow. So when did you start like? Where it was like, all right, I'm playing basketball, but like I'm now going to make that next transition to I want to start playing this thing in college and like start playing like AAU, like actual like AAU, like yeah. chaos and stuff like that. When did that start taking so place? So that that actually started my freshman year because my dad, being the coach that he was, had always pushed me to the next level. I mean, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I was training to be a varsity player. Then my freshman year, I was training to be all league in varsity. Then as a junior and senior, I was training for the Division One level. Yeah. So he was always pushing me to become better. Um, so that eighth grade summer and then freshman, I, I mean, I remember freshman year after the Friday night games, we didn't have school Saturday. So after the Friday night games, I would stay and I would shoot 400 to 500 shots on the gun with my dad after games. Um we weren't really in any games. <laughs> so I was able to stay after and get a lot of extra shots yeah. up. But um, he, he, we spent a lot of time in the gym. And that freshman year, it was like, all right, you know what? I want to play in college. Um, and AAU, I think, yeah, that freshman year, that's when chaos started. Do you remember? Uh, they had uh, Rodney. Mendez. Rodney Mendez. Yes. Rodney Mendez, the twins from uh, East. Yeah. The Russell. Yep. The Russell brothers. Kenneth uh, and Kevin Russell. Yep. Brandon played on that team. And man, we had blue and white reversibles with nothing on the front and a number that would peel off the back. <laughs> like, that's when chaos, man. And then you guys would like practice like at center point sometimes. Yeah. Practice at center point. Practice at Memorial. Um, yeah. Center point. Dang. That's funny. <laughs> That was, that was, that was fifteen years ago now. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> man. So, you now now we have your junior. You guys are now starting to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Now you guys are a team where it's like, hey, we're a team that can, yeah, we can, you know, not only win league, we're a team now we can, we can win the whole the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's and that's what we were shooting for. And Alex Ferdig. So so that junior year was was difficult because I had Brandon Sperling. So I was able to play my sophomore year and and not really put anything on my shoulders. I was just kind of able to play because I always had Brandon. Stress-free. Yes. Just so do the, your thing. Yeah, so then you go to that. Brandon's the leader. He's the yeah. guy. Everything mm -hmm. goes through Brandon, and you're kind of like, yeah. you're the second option. Yes, which was great because, you know, if I did well, it was I looked great. If I didn't do well, I was like, well, come on, Brandon. What, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> uh, but... uh that sophomore summer was hard because, you know, you'd get the ball at the end of the game and you'd look for Brandon and Brandon's not there. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, now it's my turn. Um, but that junior year, I mean, you lose Brandon, but then you gain Alex Furtick. Yeah. So Furtick came in and kind of replaced my role because I moved into Brandon's yeah. role and then Furtick came up. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it it was fun. There was there was bumps um, a lot that year. We had a lot of bumps that we had to – get over but as I mean I had been playing with Alex since Alex was in fourth grade so Alex was on that when I moved here he was on that AAU team he was a little fourth grader on an AAU team and Alex and I have been playing together for a while 
so when he finally came, it was great to be able to put it all together. Um, and like I said, there were some bumps and bruises in the beginning, but as we started growing the rest of the year, I mean, we struggled in league, um, but then that was the year we beat. Clovis East should have walked through the yeah. Valley that year. Yeah. They should, they walked into the Valley Championship day and we beat them. In um, the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. Which I don't think anybody, <laughs> nobody was really expecting for that to happen. Mm -mm. No, I remember Swain was telling us like before the game, like, oh yeah, they're already sizing their rings and, and they know. I mean, they they yeah. should have won. They should, yeah, they were by far the best. We're talking about uh, Clovis Kevin team. Kevin Bailey team, right? Kevin well, Bailey, Sandoval. And uh, Hetherington, right? Hetherington. Yeah. Hetherington was a senior. Sandoval was a junior. I don't think they had year. lost, like, they had lost, I don't think they lost anybody in the section at that time, right? No, and then Kev was a sophomore and they were, they were good. Um, they beat us the last, second to last maybe game in league. They beat us by 30. Then we played them eight days later at East. <laughs> We were like the eight seed. We went and beat uh, Stockdale. Okay. Then we came to East, and they were the one seed. We were the eight seed, and they had a week off, you know. Yeah. And we come in and hung around. It was one of those games where we hung around long enough, and then kind of still at and, the end, and then won. Stole. Yeah. I mean, I hit. I hit that shot at the end of the game. It was four seconds left, and I made it. And I'm looking around like. We're about to win. And it, was, it, was, it was one of those. Remember in semi-pro where they score yeah. and they start celebrating yeah. and they're running back and scoring and transition. It was. We almost did that. We almost. I almost hit the shot. We almost celebrated and forgot there was four seconds left. And okay, so let's talk through that moment. What was you know what was the score? You know, tell us. The I don't remember the score. We were down one. Okay. I don't remember the score. We were down one. Last possession, um, and they they argued about that play for a long time because they said I traveled. And I said I got fouled, but there was no calls, which is probably yeah. the right thing to Play do as it. a ref. Yeah, no call. Let the let the yeah. game happen. And so I was at the top of the key, and I started to go right, spun back, came down the left side of the key, um, and got bumped. And I just put it up there. Yeah, like because when I would get hit, I just toss it up and give it a chance to yeah. go in. And then also you're thinking like and one, right? Mm -hmm. You want to you want to mm -hmm. give it get a chance, get yep. it up there. Like all right. If I, you know, I felt the contact, yeah. probably gonna, worst case scenario, I'm shooting two free throws. Free throws, yeah. But, you know, let's give it up there, put a chance, maybe I get mm -hmm. the and one. No call. East is yelling travel. Our whole sideline is yelling for a foul, and the ball hits the rim and drops. Incredible. Do you know who was guarding you at the time? I do not know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I never really saw who was in front of me. I just saw the basket. Interested to see. I bet you we'd call Tim Amos, and Tim Amos would know probably exactly. Him and Hayashi would know exactly know, who, was, yeah. well, who was guarding. They, it was fun. I, uh, I'm really good friends with Vinny Reese now. Yeah, Vinny. Vinny was a senior uh, when I was. Oh, a was it Vinny? Yeah. No, no, oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. Vinny was so this was two then. years yeah. ago. So this was two. Vinny years was ago. coaching then, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But Clovis, he's got to know who I was when I was a freshman. <laughs> and Shane, <laughs> Simeon. Uh, Shane Simeon, man. Shane, Shane tells this story about me when I was a freshman. I think I, I, I scored like 15 points in in the first half, and it was it was it was a really really good game for a freshman, but. Now in, in 2022, I scored about 37 points <laughs> on Vinny alone. And Shane Simeon tells that story. And I love it. I just bring Shane around wherever I can go because he tells his story and <laughs> makes me sound a lot better than I was. So um, the legend just grows every year. <laughs> every year, man. Every year. Poor and, Vinny. And I know how Shane is. Shane got himself a mouth and he gets animated. Oh, yeah. A little embellishing. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially now, to make Vinny look bad, too. Hey. 
Three years from now, we might see Shane Simeon. He's like, he dropped 70 on him. I just, might have. <laughs> I might score more than Kobe did in, in the 81 game. I might have had 82 that game. But, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't remember who was guarding me my junior year in that last one. So the ball the ball somehow finds a way to go in. You're up one. Four seconds left. Yeah. Somehow found a way to go in. Uh, they, they must not have had any timeouts because they got it in. They went. Um and they they got a shot off a little in front of half court yeah. missed and then our whole student section just ran on the floor did not care what the what the LDs or no. anybody was saying <laughs> it was it was great because then it's like I mean honestly we didn't really know how much of a chance we had they just beat us by thirty yeah seven days eight days before so it's like man this this could be it this year. And then all of a sudden we beat him. And now it's like, man, we got a chance to go to the Valley Championship. And we just beat the number one team. We yeah, just beat yeah. the best team in the section. You just knocked yeah. off the best team. Shoot. Anything's yeah. possible now. So who'd you guys play the next round? So we went and played Moody uh, okay. and Edison. Okay. So we went over to Edison. We should have won that game too. Yeah. And Moody would tell you that too. We should have won that game. Uh, uh, let's see. Isaiah Gossett, I think, was on that team. Steve McClellan was a junior. Uh, they won Valley. Yeah. They, they beat, beat West, right? Central. Oh, no, okay. The Central. Is that the tip play? Is that the yes, game? Yes. At the end where they yes. came and threw the tip at mm-hmm. the lob? That was yes. a great game. I yeah. remember that game. Yeah. Um, we should have beat Edison. I mean, we came out. That game was fun because uh, right from when we got there, from the warm-ups, I was like, we're going to win this game. There was no ref there for a while, so we just had a dunk contest before the game. <laughs> like, Buchanan was – and we could dunk. Oh, yeah, I don't, you, so your stepbrother – yeah, Sam, Sam Milhouse yeah. has bounced. Yeah. Just like Lance has Yeah, Lance bunnies. Could dunk. Um Alex Furtick does not have bunnies. No, I love <laughs> him, man. I'll talk about Alex later. He's one of the most skilled players I've played with, but he Ryan cannot Swain. Jump. Ryan Swain does not have bunnies. Ryan would go down <laughs> But no, you guys had some guys who could was I'm trying to think was who else was on that team? So Corvon Archie was on that team. Okay. When I when I was a junior. Um and he was athletic. Yeah, so he, he was, was super bunking. athletic. Travis Smith was a big, he had the, the big white kid. He could okay. dunk very well. So we just had a straight dunk contest before that game started. And I was just, I was, I was feeling it. Cause that was when I started discovering dunking. Yeah. My sophomore, my sophomore summer, I, I was, everyone dunked off one leg. So I, I thought I was, I thought that's what you did. So yeah. I was always trying to dunk off one leg. And you know who it was? It was Eric Kendricks. Um, Eric told me one time for chaos, he was like, hey, Jump off two feet. And I was like, no, bro, I can't even dunk off one. Why would yeah. I jump off two? And I did, and I just flushed it. So then I started realizing, like, I'm a two-foot jumper. Yeah. So I would throw it off the backboard and go up and get it and dunk. And when we were in high school, I mean, that looked cool. Oh, yeah, because it just looked like you're just bringing the power. Oh, yeah. Because everyone thinking, like, oh, if you can jump off two, like, you easily get in it with right? one. <laughs> oh, man, I was not a one-foot jumper. I was a two-foot jumper. But it was fun for pregame and whatnot because you throw it up in the air and go get it and yeah. dunk it. And I was starting to put it behind my head and dunk. And uh, then the game started, and we we came out hot. We went up quick um, and kind of earned, earned the respect from them. And then they fought back. I think we ended up losing by three. Okay. It was a really, really close one, which we shouldn't even have been in that game at yeah. all. Um, and we almost took that one, too. So that kind of pretty much lays the foundation, right? Because now it's your senior year. You guys have battle-tested. Yeah. And now it's that, like, all right, like, we know. Time. Yeah, like, this is, like, we've worked up all the way to these moments. If we, we lost in the semi, like, 
Because, yeah. you, you know, you just knocked off the best team. Mm-hmm. Overseas is graduating some guys. They still have yep. some guys coming back. Yeah. But Headington was gone. Yeah, but you knew, like, all right, it's going to be us and yeah. them for yeah. the yeah, championship. Yeah, we did. We knew. Um, we knew it was going to be us and them. And, I mean, that whole year, we were going back and forth between the number one team in the Valley that whole my whole senior year. Kind of depended on, I think, because, you know, you don't really play each other until yeah. January. Um, so it kind of depended on who had the most wins going into that. And then once we got in the conference, it was kind of who beat who. Yeah. And we started off conference. We started off three and two in conference. We lost to Central and we lost to East. So we started off three and two and we probably dropped to number four, something like that. Yeah. I would say. Um, but then we went five and oh in the second half and we rolled all the way to that number one seed because we were five and oh and we started beating everybody at that point. Eight and two going into the playoffs, and we got the number one seed, which with Selland, the one and two seed doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, one and two seed doesn't matter. You just matter. get to Selland. Yeah, you just want you want because you know you're home all the way up to Selland. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter now. Yeah. Like in today's format, these last two years where the one seed mm-hmm. actually matters. It's funny because my senior year, that's we had to go to Clovis West, even though we had already clinched league before them, and Oof. you know what I'm saying, like yeah. So that you know, those things matter, like yeah. Whereas, you know, now it's neutral court. Just mm-hmm. let the two bet. you know, do you want to sit on the left side or do you want to sit on the right side? Yeah, like, what, really? what, are we wearing home jerseys or away jerseys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was weird. It, it, and at that point, it was tough because you got Clovis East who played in the Valley Championship two years ago at that point, um, was dominant the year before, even yeah. though we snuck one away from them. So they had been in, in the Valley Championship. They've been in selling. And we had we were kind of starstruck. We walked in there. It was kind of like, man, this place is huge. Yeah. Um. And we we did not play well. And it was it was the same story from the year before. We beat them, the last game, second to last game of league, our senior night. We beat them, and then you go play them two and a half weeks later, and and they beat us. So. No, and I know that that game was that game was close, right? No, it wasn't. No, I think they beat us by about twenty. <laughs> we struggled. We struggled. I know, talking with your pops, there's certain people probably shouldn't have been in the game or needed to be taken out sooner. I'm We're not going to name names. We're I'm going to let him. <laughs> We're not going to name he, names. He can talk about <laughs> that game. I remember one time at Jordan Camp, you came and visited us. Your dad and I came and visited us. It was like probably the first year when your dad stood on the mountain for us and oh yeah, yeah for Jordan Camp. So what people don't know too is his yeah. pops, yeah, carves uh, wrote the booklet. For like the drills and everything for Jordan Camp, like he was like one of like the founding fathers of the Jordan Camp. Like he literally like there's so many people from Fresno that were in there, and that's all because of his dad. Like yeah. getting like the Fresno people, yeah, were from my dad. Yeah, and what's crazy is like you go to Jordan Camp, and it's like there's pockets, right? A lot of people from Florida, a lot of people from LA, mm-hmm. and the third is just Fresno. And people are like, why there's so many people from Fresno? It's because of his carbs, like his dad, like got everyone in. But there's it's funny because yeah. They came and visited us one night, and because we all stayed in the same room with uh, House and Schmitty and Hayashi and Watt and Dalji, like we all shared a room. And mm-hmm. his pops came in, and I remember we got him. This is when we were staying at the Del Norte back yeah. in the time. Yeah. But his, you know, we having some beverages, and we started talking. I think Hayashi started bringing up that championship, and his dad just goes off on <laughs> for like a good 30, 40 minutes. And it's funny now because that's like a trigger for him. And so, you know, yeah. I'll bring that stuff up every once in a while, but <laughs> we're not going to let name names or anything, right. but there's some people that, yeah. There is a game that I do need to talk about uh, from my senior year. Okay. 
when we played Memorial. So sophomore and junior year, AAU, playing with Chaos, loved it. One of the greatest experiences of my life, playing with it. Um, you almost came to Memorial. Maybe. There are some talks. We don't, we'll leave it at that, though. Maybe. But there were some talks behind. There, there was. There were some. There was. And um, that team would have yeah. been unbelievable. But, yeah, so. Yeah. No, we, there, we, we thought about it, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it was after that sophomore summer because I loved, I mean, I loved house. Yeah, and you and, played with a lot of those, like with Stover and yep. Bryce and Collie, mm-hmm. and and I loved it. And and I had played. I mean, yeah, we were looking at that. That was definite, definitely an option. But I ended up staying. Is this so? This is your senior year, right? Senior year. Is this when my man Sam Milhouse is trying to guard Bryce Martino? Is this the same game? This is the game. Okay. And we still. I mean, we were in a we were in a thread with House <laughs> the other day, and he's still talking about it. He's still talking about that game. Um. So, senior year. That I was excited. It was at the Elks. It was at the Elks and uh, going up against Memorial. And for a lot of my teammates, that's just another game. Yeah. But for me, those are all my brothers on the other side of the court, and I'm about to beat them <laughs> single-handedly. And I I couldn't wait. I mean, yeah. You got Guile or uh, and uh, yeah. House and Dalgeet's Dalgeet's yeah. coaching on that staff. Yeah. yeah. Those were my guys, and it's a chance to beat them. And we should have beat them. I think we beat yeah. them. Eight times out of ten, yeah, maybe nine, <laughs> but that one time, oh, that one time, <laughs> man. Uh, Bryce had thirty-five. Bryce went off. Bryce, Bryce went off. Um, and we, Swain was so mad at me that game. Swain c- called me every name, told me I wasn't a senior leader. I think I had like twenty-five and twelve that game, and I wasn't, I wasn't a leader enough. Um, we ended up losing. We, man. But I got to give a shout out to those guys. Yeah, they beat us that year, um, and I think th- I think the biggest question, like I remember watching that game, and like afterwards, and we start, you know, I still talk with like high house guy, all that, and the biggest question was like, what was Sam? Why was Sam guarding Bryce? Length. I think that that was the hey, hey Bryce Martino is five five. I know on a good day, <laughs> on a good day, <laughs> on a good day. Wearing some Sam heels six too. five. Yeah. You could have put your five ten point guard on him. They're and still late. On him. I know. I man, house knew. House knew. House told Guile. Guile said, "No way. There's no way that's happening." And we and that. I mean, that's what we wanted. We wanted Sam's length because we thought if we put a guy, you know, I don't think you're going to out quick Bryce Martino. No. So we didn't want to do that. We just wanted to have some length on him, get a hand up for when he shoots, and then be able to kind of push him off his line when he drives. And Bryce wasn't having it, and. We thought we were going to win that game. I mean, we were. I think we were looking forward to the next game, and Bryce, Bryce wasn't having it. He went off. He went off. He did. He did. And and I, there was part of me. I'm not going to lie to you. There was part of me that was happy because I remember in the game, uh, the pregame, I just didn't feel like we were respecting them enough. It, we were honestly ready for the championship of the Elks. Yeah. Um. And I remember looking at like, hey, they're good. Bryce is really good. Yeah. Because Bryce was the point guard that I played with for Chaos. And I remember thinking like. And he's tough. He's a tough, oh, yeah, no, super he, competitive. He's a dog, man. Yeah. And 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 then when you get a, a dog that's skilled. Yeah. Then he's dangerous. And I remember thinking like, dude, we cannot take Bryce lightly. He'll kill us. Yeah. And he did. And, and there was a had, little part of you me. Had that stove, was you had stove. You had Collie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. with all their other pieces, they were a good team. Yeah. That team, I mean, they were good, and and they outplayed us, 
and they beat us. Um, and there was a little part of me that was like, yeah, those are my guys over there. And I'm happy that they were able to do that and, and kind of show us we needed that too. We needed to lose that game to get ready for the rest of the year. Um, yep. but yeah, so shout out to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you at this time, you'd already, right. You're getting scholarships, right. You played on a very good chaos team, yeah. right? Like you played, you know, guys with Grant Verhoeven who went to mm -hmm. Stanford, Denzel, obviously Santa Clara, like mm -hmm. you had a very, you know, super talented team. Just talk about, you know, the summers and some of those games. Oh, I loved it, man. I, you know, it was, it was so fun to be able to play with those guys. That atmosphere, first of all, the AAU atmosphere back then, I think it's a little different now, but back then it was awesome. I mean, just being a gym all day, you play three or four games. Um, then you come back on Sunday and you do it again. Your jerseys were nicer now, though. The jerseys were nice. <laughs> he finally got us some jerseys, which we were supposed to turn in, but it's still in my closet in my house right now. Uh, I still send pictures of it all the time. Like, hey, man, I meant to get this to you. Uh, you know, you still want me to turn it in? I'll bring it. No, I ain't bringing it to you. But, uh, yeah, we had some nicer jerseys, so we kind of started feeling ourselves a little bit. I think that it was, like, stitched on. Yeah. It was beautiful. But you guys had some, some big-time wins. Yeah. Being some teams that yeah you have no business if you look at rosters and yeah you know playing against McDonald's All Americans mm -hmm. and certain things like you guys have no business even yeah. being in those games and you're out here pulling off upsets yeah I mean but that I mean that's what I felt like Fresno would do I mean because you talk basketball it's L A and the Bay Area and yeah. Fresno there's no basketball in Fresno you know that's what I feel like people yeah. think but we were good I mean and we had we might not have had the name but we had five of us yeah. And we played together really well, and, and we had gotten to know each other so much that. And then House, I mean, I, I was thinking about that earlier. House knew how to get us all to play, to the to most you know, to our highest level. Yeah. And he was so real with us, and was was a father figure, was a brother, was a coach. House, I mean, it was just amazing, such a blessing to be able to play for him. Period. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that now as a coach, the time that he spent with us, it, it, it was just amazing. And I am forever grateful for how much time he spent with us in the gym. And I will always remember those games. Because you, you got to know the guys in the Valley too. I mean, that's when I started becoming really good friends with Jason Ritchie. And then you start becoming, and Denzel becomes my little brother, yeah. which probably should have just been the rival across town. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a little brother to me. And then the kids from Central, too, Jared White, Anthony yeah. Trammell, Justin Barrels, guys like that. Which yeah. That team was loaded, too, when, after I left. But um, it was so fun to be able to get to know those guys as a teammate and then be able to come into the track, which the track was really good in yep. 2010. Yeah. So we were all good. And to get to go up against them and know, like, that's my teammate. Yeah. You know, on a different – at a different time of the year, that's my teammate. Right now, I mean, we're going against each other, but it was so fun um, to just get to know them. And I, I, I will, I, I wish I could go back to those days <laughs> and play on that AAU team again. Yeah. So, right, you end up, you're obviously you, you're getting D one looks. Mm -hmm. What you know, we'll talk about what school you end up choosing to. But what, who do you remember? Who the first school to offer you was? Uh, the first, actually, you know what I want? I wanted to go to Westmont. Okay. NAIA school. Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara. My dad coached at Westmont, and I wanted to go to Westmont and play for them. But it was an NAIA school, and they couldn't give me a full ride. 
and I had Division One offers at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like I w- I I probably would have gone there just yeah. because I didn't I didn't really care about Division One, Division Two, and I, yeah. I didn't I didn't really care. I, I wanted to go back to Santa Barbara because I had spent the first half of my life, if yeah. you will, there. I wanted to go back. I wanted to play for them because my dad coached for them, and my heroes growing up played at Westmont. Those yeah. I thought those guys were in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go be on that team, um, but they couldn't. They they couldn't give me a full ride. So then I had to start looking at Division One schools. And start you know. It's usually the opposite. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the D one schools won't give me the full yeah. ride, so I got to start looking at these NAI schools. So, um, but then yeah, I was talking a lot to Riverside and, and Air Force. Actually, um, I was talking to them. We're, we're okay. So hold on, I'm trying to think. Tyler Harris. He's same. How old uh, is Tyler Harris? Because he ended up going to Air Force, but I think he's a lot younger than you. I think he's younger, yeah. right? Like he's, I know he's TJ Viney, Phil Randall's age. Never mind, that's a lot long, younger oh, than little you. Little Phil, that's yeah. my guy too. Little Phil, that was 2013. Okay, yeah. So those that guys were way younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were younger than me. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, one thing, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but one thing, I signed before my senior even started, and I remember. Uh, thinking like, well, I don't know. I mean, what if I get hurt my senior year and the people are pulling scholarships? So I signed, I signed with Sac State uh, before my senior year even started. And I wish I could go back and play my whole senior year. See maybe what other offers. Would yeah, be. and then bring some in and then make a decision. Uh, Sac State, the uh, those are some of my best friends for the rest of my life. So I, I don't regret going there at all. Yeah. But I do wish I would have made a decision a little later. So what other besides Sac State, what other schools started? Um, Riverside, uh, like I said, uh, Air Force, a couple of the big like the big West schools. Yeah. Um, they had started talking to me um, and then a couple different D2s, actually, because I wasn't a I wasn't a super flashy. No. Guy. Yeah. I mean, when you, you were efficient with your moves, yeah. you got to point A to point B. Yeah. I mean, I was athletic. Yeah. So I was super. He, he, this man had <laughs> this man could jump. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> Dude could flat out, he yeah. could flat out jump. It it was weird, um, but when you looked at me, I don't I don't look like I don't look like an athlete. I mean, I'd walk into gyms and I I loved it though, man. I loved going into different camps and whatnot, and people looking at me, and then all of a sudden I get a chance to be able to open up and yeah. dunk, and all of a sudden it's all the atmosphere <laughs> in the gym is completely different. I remember I was at the Adidas camp um, and I was playing with Jordan Mays. Uh, he played at Arizona. Yeah. He he, we were on the same team, and he threw me a lob, and I, I don't know, I, I jumped up and caught it, and then decided to cock it back, and then just flushed it, and I'll, I went over to get water after that, and then there were so many people just swarmed around me, like, hey man, you know, like no one's talking to me before camp, and then all of a sudden after I dunk it, like all these kids that I'm playing with, they're over there like asking me questions and talking to me. So he just said, he's like, you know, I was a little bit athletic. He just talked about how he got a lob thrown to him in air. Was just thinking about maybe I come down with it. Yeah, well, I'm still up here. <laughs> let me cock it back and then let me flush it. That's a different type of athleticism. But you know, you weren't like you weren't super flashy. You just yeah. got your point. You had a yeah. clean crossover, mm-hmm. super quick. But like you just you weren't a guy who was gonna sit there and dance with it and no, make I mean, all these moves and that was. I mean, that was my dad trained me for a long time because he did all those yeah. skills academy and it was about efficiency it wasn't about making people fall over yeah. like so i was never i was one move and then i'd get your hip and then you're not going to stop me i'm getting to the basket yeah. 
plus the combination of that and me just seeing the basket. Yeah. Like, oh, that's all I want to do is go score. So I would, you know, I, I got to the basket pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, – but still, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get a lot of offers. I got a handful. Um, but then, but, okay, so what, what made Sac State, that school, like, hey, I'm just going to sign now? It was a Division One offer at that point. It was like, you know what? I wanted to go to Westmont anyway. I mean, this is Division One. I. I mean, they're going to give me money. I don't want to hurt myself yeah. and not get a scholarship. Um, and we just were like, you know what? They're going to pay for your school. Cats uh, came in. Cats recruiting pitch, he's a heck of a recruiter. I mean, he came in and he recruited He recruited me really well. And, I mean, we were I, – I was the one that they wanted – so it was like, all right, you know what? They're they're struggling. I want to go do what I did at Buchanan over Take here from at the bottom State. To the top. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I wanted to do. And uh, again, I kind of wish I would have waited, but then I was like, you know what? Let's just take it because now kind of takes the stress yeah. off your senior year because you know. So there was that. Yeah. And- I'm going. I'm going to school next year anyway. Um, so that's why I signed early. There's something to be said too about going to the place that actually really wants you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I probably could have walked on at some bigger schools and not played and gotten better and just kind of maybe been able to play later. But they wanted me. They really wanted me to play. And so I decided, I was like, I mean, yeah, they love me, so I'm going to go there. Now, you mentioned Air Force, too. Was that ever a serious consideration? I mean, that's a different level of commitment. Yeah, but – once we really started thinking about it, <laughs> yeah. that's when it was like, oh, man, th- there's a lot that goes into that. I know Jackson. I don't see Jackson <laughs> doing the whole military and man, that, signing up for that commitment. <laughs> see, yeah, I mean, that. once we really started thinking about it, that was like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> so talk about Sac State, man. What was it like playing there and what games stand out for you at Sac State? Uh, well, my freshman year, uh, we got to go up to Washington State. Um, we got to play against Clay Thompson. So that was fun to be able to do that. I mean, I, that was like one of my fourth games okay. in college. I mean, so you're playing a Pac-12 school. Because Sac State was – it was weird because we struggled in our conference, but then we we would sneak games from Pac-12 schools. I mean, they beat Oregon State the year before, and then I, we beat Utah. Uh, they went to the tournament, I think, the year 20. 13 okay maybe or i don't know but they were i mean they were decent um but we ended up uh sneaking some games away from some pac-12 schools and that that was that was fun to be able to go play in those big arenas we went and played against oklahoma um so you know you walk in there's a shrine to blake griffin (laughs) and i i you know i walk into clovis gyms and they're big but then you walk into the university of oklahoma and they're checking your bags and you're going through the tunnel down there i mean it was it was amazing to be able to do that. Um, Sac State was it was it was interesting though. There was a a lot of it was kind of a backwards career almost there. Yeah, because you what like your sophomore year or your freshman year like your your you know your first two years are averaging like double digits. Yeah, yeah. So my freshman year was a it was a good freshman year. Uh, I think I was shooting in 30 percent maybe from three and 40 from the field and i was doing okay and you know that game's fast you know i mean the guards at the lower division one level are still very very yeah. good i think the bigs maybe that's the difference that's really what is the difference yeah. the difference in what people don't understand between like high major d1 mid major little major it's 
all the guards are like pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard was in our conference. Will Cherry was in. Yeah. I mean, they were good, it's, good basketball it's players. The bigs because of the length, yeah. right? It's usually in your conference you might have more like six eight, six nine mm-hmm. bigs, whereas like you go up and now you have like the seven footers, the six ten, right? Yeah. But then there's also they got more of them. Yeah. The depth, um, right? Like the yeah. high majors are going to have multiple, like yep. six eleven, six ten. Yep. Where you guys are going to have probably a couple, like six eight guys, you know. Yeah. Whereas like the other mid majors going to have a little, they're going to have more depth at the bigs. Or yeah. Even more depth at the guards position as well. Yeah, and, and like I remember, there was a dude that played at uh, Idaho State, and he was seven three. Oh wow! But the reason why he wasn't at a huge, because he couldn't really move. Yeah. So you got you you do get the dudes that are seven one, but they don't move as well. I mean, if that kid could move, he's going to the league. Yeah, at seven three. So my freshman year, um, I did a good job. I started, I think, the majority of that year. Um, but Katz was a different coach. Swain would just yell and scream, and I, I mean, I it was it was kind of crazy playing for Swain because he'd be spitting in your face and, and yelling at you, <laughs> and and but I knew what he wanted. Yeah, I knew exactly what he wanted. He was always going to play the guys that would make him win. Um, but Katz was different. He didn't. He he yelled, but it just didn't sound the same as Swain, so it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, but he was more like psychological, and he would kind of mess with your mind a little bit and try and he was I think he was a psychology major. Okay, and he would try and out psychology you in in the in his office, and it was weird. I mean, I played about twenty five minutes a game my freshman, and then my sophomore year it actually went down. I played only twenty minutes a game. I averaged double digits. Yeah, I averaged double digits in twenty minutes a game. And I told him that <laughs> at the end of my sophomore year, I told him that I was like, "Hey, there's a there's there's some dudes on the team that um, are playing 37 minutes a game, and I'm doing what they're doing in half the time." And I, I was a I was 19, 20 years old. I probably didn't handle the situation very well, but I just kind of told him how it was. And he he looked at me and he said, "Wow, you know, you average a, a turnover a half or a turnover and a half in twenty minutes. You double that as three turnovers a game for your position. As you know, that's a lot of turnovers." And I'm looking at him like, "Well, you double the turnovers once you double the points. I'd yeah. be averaging twenty a game. <laughs> like, you think you can live yeah. with three turnovers at that point?" But um, he and I started button heads a little bit, and then that junior year, I Is mean, that there why was, you didn't get the playing time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because it just didn't really make sense the. the I like yeah I mean towards the end of that sophomore year I was I was scoring a lot and and helping the team and then my junior year uh I just didn't play I mean there was like six games I didn't even check into and that was something I was never used never used to yeah and I had coaches like the dude uh Wayne Tinkle uh was at Montana yeah and I was in big games with them the year before and on their scouting report and and getting looks because I was able to do some things my sophomore year, and then my junior year, all of a sudden I'm not playing. He he asked me like, like are, "Are you hurt? hurt?" Yep, that's the number one question. Yeah, are you he, hurt? Or? Yeah, are you hurt? And I was like, "No." And he kind of looked at me, and I was like, I, "I don't play." So I went, and then we went and played San Jose State, and I had like 26 against them the year before, and then I played about two minutes the next game, the the next year. Yeah, and I told our assistant in December who I was. I was really close with, and I could have this conversation with him in December. I told him, I said, I, dude, I don't know if I could stay. The year before, Katz was always getting on me because I don't play defense. But he'd call me and be like, hey, can you guard Damian Lillard? And then he'd call him, hey, can you guard Will Cherry? Like, okay, so if I don't play defense, why are you calling me to guard all these guys? Yeah. And I, and I, I, 
I worked really hard on defense. So like I wasn't okay. Actually, some of my coaches would probably argue with that, but I I, uh, <laughs> I tried hard, so I yeah. was able to succeed because I I just I didn't want to lose, so yeah. I, I just played hard. Um, so I I understand why he called on me, but then that next year I'm not even playing at all, and I remember telling AJ it was AJ writing. I remember telling him like. Old Fresno State Hooper. Old Fresno State Hooper. That's my guy. I remember telling him, like, I think I'm going to leave. I, I just – we were at Weber. And I remember telling him, like, dude, I haven't checked into, like, the last three games after what I was doing last yeah. year. And one of the games that really kind of cemented the fact that I was going to transfer was at home against Northern Colorado. We were down at halftime. And I remember walking in the locker room. I had played zero minutes. And we were down at half. And all of a sudden, he called on me in the second half. We were down about eight. I, I played 10 minutes that game, scored nine points, and we won by about eight. Yeah. Came in, played 10 minutes, brought us up, never checked back in again. And I remember thinking, like, man, I don't, I don't want to be here. Like, he's just using me yeah. at this point. I think he was trying to prove a point, and my shooting percentage was just going down and down and yeah, down. Yeah, just confidence. Yeah, my confidence was going down. I'd get in, and I'd get about two shots. So if you go over yeah, two, two. Yeah, like, your percentage, you're not yeah. getting straight volume, the usage percentage. Yeah, Yeah, and I, and I was a I was a streaky shooter, and I wasn't as consistent as I should have been. I should have I done a lot, a lot more to become a better consistent shooter, but I, I didn't think of that at the time. You know, looking back now, I'm like, there's a lot of things that I should have done. But I was mad, and I came in and uh, started. I mean, I went, I went from averaging double digits my sophomore year to playing like seven minutes a game, and it just it was weird for me. Um, looking back on it spiritually, with my walk with God, that's the most important thing that could ever happen to me. But as a twenty-year-old kid, I was mad. Yeah, I was very mad. Um, so, so I ended up leaving. So. This is kind of cool, though, because you end up leaving. Mm-hmm. You end up transferring to FPU, play mm-hmm. for Coach Wright. Mm-hmm. But the person you always wanted to play for as a coach is coaching with, is now one of the assistant coaches. So yeah. talk about it. You know, your dad ended up becoming an assistant coach on that FPU team. and Yeah, I mean, that was awesome to be able to play for my dad uh, one last time. I and, mean, you know, it was cool because I had always grown up watching him as a coach and – Actually, I still watch him now. He yeah. kind of freaked me out like two <laughs> weeks ago. But uh, man, we'll talk about it. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go off the air with that. Oh, having man. to come out of the stands, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah. No, it was it was it was awesome to be able to play for him. Uh, that that team, there was a lot of good. That that was an interesting team to be on too, because we had like six D one kickbacks. So you talk about all the ego in that room. Yeah. We had six D one kickbacks, and you got to think if there's six Division one kickbacks, one of those Division one players is not starting. Yeah. Is this this is also right? I'm I'm trying to think. Is this during like the transition too of going from yeah. NAIA to the NC two A? Right. Yeah. yeah. To the NC two A D two, and uh, we we played with some of the top teams in the country, and then we'd lose because at the end of the game we didn't have any. It was all I want to be the one to win <laughs> the game, and it was we struggled at the end of the games. But that skill wise, that team was loaded. Yeah. Um. But we just couldn't figure out how to win games. I don't know if. We were all pulling in different directions or what. But. And who who was the head coach at FPU? Coach Wright. Chris Wright. Oh, from Talladega now. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so he was there taking over. And that's the one thing Coach Wright has always been able to do is that man can bring in talent. 
Yeah. He can bring in flat out talent. Yeah. And that's those teams. Yeah. Th- that team that Jacksonville was just, it's one of the most talented teams FPU's ever had. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I mean, and then a couple years earlier, Malcolm and I both were averaging double digits at a Division One level. Yeah. So then you you bring guys who have been successful at a Division One level back on that team, and and a couple of the guys uh, played sparingly at a Div- uh, at a Division One yeah. and came back. But then we had guys like like Phil Jackson, who technically wasn't a D one kickback, and Trevin Clayton. Yeah. Technically wasn't a D one kickback, but those guys were good. Yeah. I mean, Phil Phil was a beast. Yeah. He he had a lot of ankle injuries that year, but he was a heck of a player. And then Trev is like one of the most consistent guys that has ever. I mean, that I really straight played blue with. guy. And yeah, just... he does everything. Did you have was Antonio on that team too? No, Antonio oh. was done the year before. Okay, um, but I played a lot with him that going into that summer. Um, but yeah, he was on the team the year before, and they they were really good too. So so you got to play for your dad, right? Mm-hmm. Just talk about you know just the memories you have just you know practices and games and well it was like it was weird because i remember at 12 years old my dad knew everything and i i was so happy to hear everything he taught me then 16 17 18 came around it was like you can't even dunk (laughs) why are you trying to tell me these get up and touch the rim and then we'll talk because that's the most important thing right oh yeah to 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 a sophomore junior in high school absolutely can you dunk okay i don't want to hear from you um but then that that year in college it was so awesome because now i was starting to become an adult and i played um different basketball in several different areas and i was really able to learn the game and not be too much of an idiot i mean i was still a little immature at that point but to be able to learn the game from my dad and watch film and talk about the game that was awesome and you're doing it with the coach who is your dad yeah and i loved being able to do that i mean that was that was an amazing opportunity uh i had talked about my spiritual walk uh that was huge for me as well and to be able to come back to fresno and to enroll in fresno pacific and get like my life back walking with god is the most important thing that i've ever done and to be able to do that plus play for my dad plus be around my grandpa who was sick at the yeah. time that that whole year was a blessing um so it, i hated the year before and even ro- enrolling into fpu i i was i was mad because i still wanted to be playing at a higher level but that was the best year of my life probably was to be able to just get my walk with Christ the way it needs to be. So that was just uh, just one year there at FBO. Just one year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had yeah. a good year, tried to get out quickly because I, I remember we were talking about uh, going to Fresno State, yeah. but then I'd had to sit out a year, and I – after my junior year, Mexico, I'm I'm half Mexican, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I am. Uh, so Mexico was calling. I was like, hey, come play professionally down here. And my parents luckily had told me. I didn't know what was about to happen in yeah. my life yes. two years later. But my parents had told me, um, hey, you need to get your degree. So I was talking about going and playing pro. But it was like, you know what? I need to get my degree because I don't know what's going to happen the rest of my life. So I'm going to go back to Fresno Pacific, get my degree, and then go play professionally. So when I was at FPU – I was just looking at professionally. Yeah. I was just ready to go play pro, get my stuff done, stay out of – I mean, I didn't really get involved in the school very much. I just kind of was like stayed in my own lane, did my own thing kind of 
Just trying uh, to get done. Just graduate and get out so I can go play professionally. So Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't even know if you want to talk about this. Yeah, I that, mean, yeah. Like what happened at Tower. That's my with life, you. yeah. So that's, my, that's that's my life, man. So, I would love to. Um right, so there was a night in Tower where mm-hmm. Jackson almost lost his life. Yeah. Like if his friends and people around him don't act a little quicker, he's probably not here today. Uh-huh. Um there was something happened, a confrontation, if you want, you know, and yeah. A lot of stabbings and Yeah. I mean, we it's funny. October 25th. 2014 i'm worried about this contract i'm gonna get i'm worried about graduating on time i'm worried about uh you know the money i'll make where i'm gonna live october 26th i I went to the zombie crawl in tower district and had a great time had a had a fun night then one o'clock rolled around and i was waiting for my ride and these two dudes had come around uh and they looked a little suspicious and they were talking with one of my buddies and I could tell, I was like, well, this isn't right. But they ended up leaving. And they came back for a second time. And then I knew, all right, something's going on. So I got up and <clears throat> I started talking with them. And then tempers started rising. And I tried to calm one of them down. I told them basically like, hey, we're not going to do anything right now. You need to calm down, which I guess is not the thing to say. Yeah. So he punched me in the face. And then as a 23-year-old kid, I'm fighting. So he punched me and my buddy went and got him. And then this other dude came in, and I, I just got into a fight with another guy, and the guy just took off. It was one of the weirdest fights. Like, I've been in little fights and little, you know, as kids. But this guy just ran off. And then I looked at my shoulder, and my shoulder right here was just, like, severed and was just squirting blood. And I, my initial thought was, like, as boxers, they get hit, their skin will split. And I was like, man, this guy must have hit me hard if my skin split right here. I, I got stabbed eight times. I got stabbed in the shoulder, the forearm twice, my stomach, my back three times, and my wrist right here. So the night before, I'm worried about money, worried about graduating. October 26, 2014, I was laying in my own puddle of blood, wondering if this was the night that I was going to meet Jesus. Like, I'm going to die. At 23 years old, my life is over. And the call went out to the ambulance at 1.15, and the ambulance picked me up at 1.21. And then I was rushed to Fresno, the regional center down there, and I was in a three-hour surgery. And God saved me for a reason. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I came out of that alive. I mean, thank God everybody was quick, right? Yeah. Ambulance getting there quick. Mm -hmm. Hospital's not too far away. Mm -hmm. Wow. Eight times. Eight times, yeah. And you had no idea in the moment. Uh Uh-uh. Just. No idea. And I think uh, I only knew about this one. Like, I knew I was bleeding. Because you could see it. Yeah, and I didn't know these. I didn't, like, blood all over this. I didn't know that was there. I thought that was the blood from my shoulder. I didn't know how many times. I mean, if I'd have known how many times I got stabbed, it might have freaked me out more. Yeah. But I just, I was, my body was in shock, and I just walked out, and it was a zombie crawl. So picture this. There's everybody, everybody's got blood all over them. Yeah. It's all fake blood. It's a zombie crawl out there. So I walk out to this dude and I tell him, I'm like, bro, <laughs> call the cops. This is real blood. This is not fake. So he's like, bro, you need to get down. You need to lay on the ground. So I just laid on the street right there, right outside of Strummer's. And I, I was just looking at these zigzag lights across the sky. Yeah. Just thinking about God and my family and how they had no idea what was going on. 
and I might never see them again. Wow. So do you go, I mean, at the hospital, straight into surgery immediately? Straight into surgery. And that was like a movie. You get rolled in there, and all of a sudden, you know, 23-year-old, multiple stab wound male victim, uh, and you walk, you go in there. I don't walk in there. You go in there, and there's, yeah. there's blood bags everywhere, and all these people are wearing these blue scrubs. And I'm asking them, like, am I going to die? And no one's answering me because it's business. For them, I mean, that's they see that all the time. So it's like, all right, hey, we got to save this guy's life. And for me, I'm like, can yeah. somebody answer me, please? Yeah. Can somebody answer me? And I don't know. I don't know if they can answer you or whatnot, yeah. but like that was that was insane. So by morning, you come out of surgery. Are you, is your family there? Mm-hmm. Everybody's there. Yeah. Um, dad's there. Mom's there. I think grandparents, everyone was there. It was It was horrible because I didn't really feel anything the night before, but then when I came out of surgery, I was like wrapped up, like swaddled like a baby. And I couldn't move. My body was killing me. It, it was in so much pain, swollen everywhere, um, bleeding everywhere still. I mean, it was all contained, but, you know, you still got blood all in your fingertips and blood everywhere, and it was it was horrible. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink anything because if they had to rush me back into emergency surgery, I couldn't have anything in my stomach. So they shoved that thing down your throat yeah. to help you breathe. And my throat is just raw. Yeah. And I can't even have ice chips. Um, so that was and then, you know, you spend a week <laughs> learning how to go to the bathroom, learning how to get out of bed. So I'm trying to think of like <laughs> all I want to do is go play basketball and I'm trying to learn how to get out of bed. Every time I laughed, my stomach felt like someone was just ripping the muscles part. It was it was horrible. Yeah, I mean everything changed. Mm-hmm. Going from playing professionally to yeah, to learning how to, I mean, <laughs> how to redo everything. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a catheter in. I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like they, they had to yeah. like work with my body so I could go again. Yeah, and you really, it changed everything about me, mentally and physically. Luckily, physically, my body has no problems with it now. Um, other than me being 30 now, my body kind of hurts. <laughs> uh, there's nothing from it. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't move my wrist probably a centimeter, and then all of a sudden it was an inch, and then it was yeah. two inches, and then now I can move it as much as I, I wanted to. Now you just have some scars that are reminders. Yeah, now I just have some scars that are reminders to me. They're going to be reminders to my kids. They're going to be reminders to everybody that I minister to for the rest of my life other things that happen so like but i imagine you're going through this and the your mind still though right like i'm gonna get better i'm gonna go still play mm -hmm. professionally mm -hmm. so what was that what was that like to when the point where it's like you know where you kind of just like you give it up yeah that was uh that was another injury to me hmm. i'm like hey i've rehabbed before i got a lot of rehab to do now yeah. Let's just get back in there and rehab. And God, I mean, God always had his hand in my life. Uh, you know, biblically speaking, 40 is a very significant number in the Bible. I dunked a basketball. It was seven weeks and five days later. And doing the math a couple years later, it was 40 days. So I got stabbed on October 26, 2014. And I dunked a basketball on December 5th. And counting those out, it was 40 days later I dunked a basketball. And for me, that was like, I can, I can still do this. I mean, I can go, I can play basketball. Um, I still had a lot of rehab to do with this shoulder. I could reach up finally 
and my legs, nothing happened to my legs, yeah. so I could still jump. But being able to move. But your I mean, torso stretching those muscles out. Yep, that 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 hurt. I mean, like I said, I was learning how to sit up. Uh, so to be able to dunk a basketball 40 days later was like, all right, I can do this. Now it's time to get back, get my wrist moving, and to get playing again. And that was, that was the goal always for me was I'm going to get back on the floor and I'm going to do this again. And then nine months later, uh, I was on a professional roster down in Mexico playing for Solas. So it was it was it was quite a year. That's incredible. I mean, you it was the plan all along and you still yeah. made it happen. Yeah. I by the grace of God, I was able to. I mean, cuz I shouldn't have been alive. Yeah. I shouldn't have been alive and then I go down there and play on that team in Mexico and that team was loaded too. I mean, they they'll they'll follow a lot of Mexican American Division 1 basketball players and as soon as they're done, they'll come off of them. And I played with guys from Louisville, played with the uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Oh, nice. Plays for the Warriors yeah. now. Yeah, he was from Marquette. Took second in the dunk contest this yeah. year. It was a terrible dunk contest, but still. <laughs> hey, he was still in it. Yeah. His name's he out has, there. He still has like one of the, and he has one of the greatest NBA stories ever. Too. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, hometown kid from Oakland playing mm -hmm. for the Warriors, but like his struggle and how he came up. No, it's, yeah. It was it was cool because I remember walking. I didn't know, I didn't really know who they were at the time. We we all, you know, you yeah. walk in, it's a new team. You got to make a, you know, you got training camp. You got to make another roster. And he came in. And he had like a he had a wristband on his wrist, and I was like, "Who actually wears a wristband <laughs> on their wrist? Like that, you just don't see that." Yeah, I don't know why he did it. Then all of a sudden, he comes to the lane and he dunks one. And I was like, "Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why so you don't get that." Oh. What people don't realize, dude, you start you start dunking because you you know you got to throw with power. Oh, Your wrist, he did, and you know what I'm talking about. When you first dunking, when you're yeah. a kid and you just start dunking, mm -hmm. your wrist, you have all these scars yep. and bruises mm -hmm. on your wrist. Yeah. And you get calluses and stuff like that. And you don't, people like, people don't, it's funny because if you don't, if you ain't never dunked, yeah. you don't know. And then, calluses yeah. everywhere. And then all of a sudden you start realizing like, oh, I'm going to break my wrist on yeah. the rim. And Juan would too. I mean, Juan, Juan was looking at the rim and he would just throw that thing down. I mean, I could dunk, but that guy, yeah. oh my gosh. So, uh, it's been, I, I remember sitting in vans and, you know, going on trips with him and just knowing this guy, this guy is an athlete. He's an NBA player. He still had to develop a lot yeah. at the time. You know, he still had to get his jump shot right and learn how to dribble. But I remember thinking like, if anyone's going to make it, it's going to be this guy. Um, and now, He's playing for the Warriors. Yeah, he's he, he, playing with Steph Curry. He might win. He might win. He might be an NBA champion. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. So what year is this? That when you're down there in Mexico? That was 2015, 2016. Because okay. I got stabbed in 2014, which would have been 14, 15 yeah. season. So it was 15, 16. Just that I was down there. One season later. Yep, yep. And then, uh, yeah, I mean that was amazing to be able to wake up, eat breakfast. Play basketball, come home. There's food made for you. Eat breakfast or eat lunch. Yeah. Go play basketball. Come home, watch Netflix. Dinner's made for you. Like eat, mm. sleep, basketball. Yeah, that was amazing to be able to do that. Well, uh, now we don't really think about the Mexico Pro League very often. What what's that experience like? Is there big crowds coming out and watching? Or? Oh man, yeah. I mean, they got those <laughs> those rattlers out there, and the arena we played in was huge, and everybody's drinking Tecate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was crazy, and everyone's screaming. They got those horns all loud and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it was it was different. Um, it, it was always I, one of my favorite parts of the Big Sky in college was the, the travel. Like I yeah. loved uh, flying and I loved bus rides. 
So seeing different places was was amazing. And I remember going into Juarez one time. <laughs> I was like, dude, I know how much t- stuff happens here. <laughs> I mean, the coach was like, if you guys go anywhere, you're, there's going to be four or five of you. And I remember going there like, I might not come back from this, <laughs> man. Juarez is crazy. But oh. you see El Paso right there on the other Yeah, just- I'm like, I'm just that, anything happens, I'm going to El Paso. <laughs> and they, it's weird. They said El Paso is like one of the safest places. Yeah. Aurora is like one of the <laughs> Most craziest dangerous. places in the world. And you can literally see each town. Yeah. The lights just and just mm-hmm. literally all like it divides is just a wall. Yeah. Which is crazy to mm-hmm. think. Like that's yeah. all that divides between the two. And I remember thinking like going over that going over that uh overpass, I was like, Okay, I'm not in America anymore. This is about <laughs> to be crazy over here. Uh but nah, I was that was an amazing experience to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I only got only got one season of that. Uh, but just before. to, I mean, yeah, just, just to to be yeah. able to do it and pull it off, and it, yeah. I mean, it was the goal, right? You, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like, I gotta imagine too, at coming through all that rehab, it was good for you to have that goal. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to have something yeah. to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then my my brain knew I could do it. It was convincing my body at the time, like you can still do this. You know, your body, yeah. you can move and. I'm sure I lost a lot of weight just from not doing anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was having such a high goal, I think pushed me through yeah. that rehab for sure. So you, you get done playing. Yeah. Right. And so you almost kind of go into the family business. Yeah. Right. You got, you got your dad coaching, your cousins coaching. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I, you know, like another thing too, like, I I mean the next year was crazy for me too. Uh I uh I got stabbed in 2014, played in 2015 and then I was I didn't want to stop playing. I wanted to keep playing. I got diagnosed with a blood disorder in 2016. Yeah. So I got sick, had to go through five rounds of chemotherapy and then I had to rehab for 2 years after that. And I remember thinking like that week when I was in the hospital trying to figure out if I had cancer or what I had, I look back at the stabbing and and I had I had control over, I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to do this. Yeah. The blood, I had no control. And I really had to give it to God. and <laughs> really had to trust that God had a plan for my life. The stabbing was the physically the most draining week of my life. And the sickness was the mentally mm-hmm. most draining week of my life. And I'm not who I am today yeah. if I don't go through the sickness and I don't go through that stabbing. Um, and that that's what ended my career. Uh, the sickness, it, it was, I was on, <laughs> I was on immunosuppressives for two years and I had, I couldn't go outside without a mask on, which when I was doing it, it wasn't cool yet. Now, every, <laughs> now everybody's wearing a mask, <laughs> but I couldn't leave the house yet. I couldn't go anywhere without wearing this mask. And everyone's looking at you like, bro, what? I remember I went to a Save Mart one time in Palo Alto. I stayed up in Palo Alto for a little while. It was, was just going. you and Michael Jackson at the time wearing masks. In yeah, places. exactly. Exactly. I was up there in Palo Alto. I lived in that area, uh, going through the, the, the chemo and all that stuff. And I walked into a Save Mart and I had my big old mask on. This guy's like, "Hey, what? Our air's not good enough for you?" And I was like, "Bro, you... <laughs> I made some stupid joke." But yeah. It was like, "Bro, you don't even know." Yeah, you don't even know what I'm going through you right have now. No idea what I'm going like, through right now. My life, yeah, is not worth me trying to just breathe air. And, right. Like, yeah. So, so then I go through that and. Two and a half years later, again, praise the Lord, I, I'm I'm healthy. I can finally start working again. So now the goal is, you know, turn into Coach Carb, <laughs> teaching and coaching. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm in my third year teaching. I'm teaching at Weldon Elementary, doing a fifth and sixth grade combo. Just dunking on them kids. Dunking on the kids. <laughs> you know, hey, when one of them pops off, it's all right, you know, we're going to shut the whole class down. We're going to go outside. <laughs> we're going to put, you're all going to watch, and I'm going to play you in one on one. We'll see yeah. how much you're talking after that. <laughs> right? You know, I love those kids, but I'll dunk on them. I got to show them his boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what was that like, though? Like, you know, like, I know. That had to be cool. Definitely last year, you know, you you guys were all helping. You guys were all coaching basketball together. Yeah. You, yeah. You, your dad, your cousin, Coop. Like, what was that yeah. like? That was that was funny. You know, so I coached girls basketball for four years at Clovis High. And it's a little bit different. Of a <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just different. It's a different game. And it was amazing to be able – actually, I think it made me a better coach. Cause you got to explain things differently. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you you tell a girl to flash to the elbow, and they don't know what the elbow is. Well, well sure, <laughs> but they, once they do, I mean, they'll run right there. There could be a defender standing right there, but they're gonna run right to the elbow. Yeah, because you said flash yeah. to the elbow. I'm like, I, I meant flash to an opening. At yeah, the elbow. But it, it makes you a better coach because you have to explain things. And coaching at the elementary level is making it's me the an same. even better coach. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't know how to put a glove on their hand. <laughs> they don't know how baseball. to. They don't know what a jump stop is. Football, they don't know how to put pads on, so it, it's 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 amazing to be able to work with this kid, these kids, and just kind of give back to, like I I, well, I started sports here, yeah, be able to give back to the area and to be able to teach these kids how to play sports, but teach them how to play life, yeah, well, that's the best part. And these kids don't know what I've been through. Yeah, they look at me like, oh, it's Mr. Carbajal, it's our <laughs> old teacher. Like, they see pictures on my wall and they're like, what? Oh, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, dude. What you thought I was a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> and they do. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. But it's been amazing. It's been an amazing ride. Definitely. I love that you. You know, you talked earlier about your. You know, you come in, you move to Fresno, and you know, school sports is a big deal, right? Yeah. It's But all the way through, right? You 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 meet somebody in Fresno for the first time, and your first question is, "Oh, what what high school did you go to?" Yeah, right. Like, what'd you play? Like, it's uh-huh. high school sports are different around here. Yeah, it's, it's just a different animal, and yeah, it's cool. That you, like coming from the outside, you were like, "Oh, that," you, like you noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really cool to see. And now, I mean, now I'm a part of it. Now I get to see you talk to the Valley basketball is so fun because you figure <laughs> out what year. The mm-hmm. guy's in, uh, and then then you, you say a name. Yep, yeah. and then all of a sudden they played with that dude. Yep. And, oh, I know his, I know his cousin. Like yeah. I played with his little brother. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, yep. And then you got a connection. Yeah, um, and then yeah, then you just talk about like, oh, the coaches, and then yeah, it just it just it just it it's it's a cool fraternity, man. It really yeah. is, and it's you get to know people at such a different personal level. Yeah, yeah. you know, like. And I think that's that's the cool thing. You get to understand their story, and you get to know their stories, and you get to follow them. And yeah, I, I think what's cool for me now is um, I played against all these coaches, and now I get to coach with them. Yeah. So I get to go into a gym and see Tim Amundsen and be like, dude, all I wanted to do was beat you, <laughs> and now I get to have a cool yeah. conversation with you. You know, and you see a lot of those coaches that you played against and that you you have watched win Valley championships and you've watched do all these big things. And now you get to go stand with them on the sidelines and, and see who they are as a person too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really fun to see it on both sides yeah. as a player and then also as a coach. Um, so yeah, Valley sports, basketball, that fraternity is, is great. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Random question. 
He had one year in Mexico. Yeah. Any like Fresno connections down there? Fresno connections. Only reason made me think of it was I I know there was a there was a Fresno State basketball player that played for a long time down there. Hector Hernandez. Hector was gone. Okay. I remember uh, Brandon Sperling was telling me about it. Yeah. Because I think Brandon, no, Hector might have been older than Brandon. But he, you know who, you know who was funny seeing was Lorenzo Mata. Lorenzo oh, really? Mata played at UCLA, and I remember watching him as a kid at UCLA. Like, why does that guy have so much gear on? Like, he had a face mask and a headband yeah. and elbow pads and knee pads and all these things. And I remember seeing him. He's a big dude. I remember seeing him in Mexico, and that was cool. Uh, Fresno Connections, though, I don't think – I don't know if I had any Fresno mm. Connections down there. That was a – now that I look at it, that was kind of a way – I kind of got away from Fresno at yeah. that point because there was no one who I really had a connection with down there. I know uh, John Taylor played at Fresno Pacific. Yeah. He went down there and played in Mexico, I think, a couple years later. Okay. Um, he could flat out fill it up. Yeah, that guy could score. The LMVP that was a half of that half of that league was really good. The other half was like a bunch of forty year old dudes that are Mexican playing basketball, like drinking beer and then going and playing basketball. But <laughs> half the league was really good. yeah. Um, so any uh, issues with your money though? No, they well they paid in cash. It was they just gave hundred dollar bills on an envelope. Now I tell you what, I don't know where that money came from. <laughs> But hey, as they, long as you got paid, it they really gave us our money. And I, I remember, like, we went to the general managers for uh, like the kickoff party or whatever you want to call it. That place was massive. Huh. So I watched Narcos on TV. Now <laughs> I'm like, hey, I wonder what they, you know, I wonder what this guy was doing. But his place was huge. Everything was glass and everything was like just beautiful. And man. You're like, why do we have these extra guys coming back from war at us? Why right. we got these extra dudes in the van with us? I didn't know you, bro. It's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, that was an experience, too. Tacos are better down there. <laughs> Coronas are better. <laughs> Man, I love it, dude. This uh, I can't wait for people to hear this. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys having me. No, yeah, we definitely. And I've, I've always, you know, I remember the cool thing about Jackson is they were so happy for like when we did the did this episode with Denzel. Oh like, man, yeah, I probably got like half of your guys' views or whatever. <laughs> I was listening, to, I listened to it so many times over about <laughs> Denzel. Denzel, oh, man, it was so cool to to hear because that's that's my little brother. Yeah, and he's a superstar. And to hear him on a podcast, I was like, man, this guy is so cool. I, I just <laughs> I want to be Denzel. So when then I grow he up. he hits house. Yeah. And he's just like, dude, I want to be on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> and so House is like, you got to do me a favor. He just said, mm-hmm. this is House. He's this like, is real, too. This is straight he, he real. He really he's did all, this, too. He's all, text text Jackson, ask him for Bryce Martino's number because you want to get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, too. I got a text from him. Yeah. <laughs> said, hey, this is four. What's Bryce Martino's number? I'm trying to put him on the, on the podcast. <laughs> But then we talked. I called him, whatever. I called him and told him, that, "Hey, this house." And so he's like, "I'm gonna hit up house right now." And but no, I was like, "No, I definitely and you know, I definitely want to get his his dad because his dad's stories are unbelievable as well too." So oh, yeah, that'll be. I might have to come come back, hang out with him. Yes, and, and you know, hear some of his stories and correct some of his stories. Yeah, <laughs> there might be some stories that I may have to correct because I owe a lot of my. You know, like there's certain like there's a lot of people like I talk about you know coaching basketball and this is what I love about just there's so many people who've had an impact on my life with like coaching basketball and his dad is just is 
just so influential in my just my old basketball coaching career and you know and just going to those battles when mm-hmm. we were coaching at Alta and he was I was at Granite Ridge and just when I was coaching just at Memorial or Clovis High and you know him coaching at Buchanan and then you know me getting into Jordan camp and just helping me you know navigate through this crazy coaching world but mm-hmm. so yeah he knows everybody yep he uh I mean my grandpa my grandpa knew everyone and then my dad knew everybody and my dad my dad is a very 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 smart coach mm-hmm. I mean he'll try and fight you <laughs> yeah after the game yeah still <laughs> to this day yeah, he's a fighter <laughs> he'll try and fight anybody but he also knows uh he knows the game yeah he's a very 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 smart coach and to just to be able to be around him when it comes to basketball like there's still things i learned from him and i've been around him for 30 years now hearing him and it was crazy too is like it doesn't matter what level it is he's gonna know the rules oh that yeah. level uh, yeah and he's going to exploit them <laughs> to his benefit yeah he, and, I, yeah, I've watched him take elementary teams that are not good <laughs> and go four and two and yeah. compete with teams. And, and he just, yeah, he just, whatever the rules are for that, he's going to yeah use it to his benefit. But no, yeah. He, that's a smart <laughs> dude, man. That's a smart dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Coming soon at some point. Yes. Coach Carb. <laughs> we definitely got to get him out there. <laughs> That'd be awesome to hear. Man, Jackson, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Definitely. No, I I, I was so excited. Like I said, hearing <laughs> Denzel and then and then he called me and told me to give him Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hear about that one game. That's a thirty-five. Yeah, you dropped on me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we don't need to. Don't ask him about that. <laughs> don't talk to Bryce about that. Game. He's lucky I didn't guard him. Tell him that. No. <laughs> Tell him that. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, seriously, thank you. Absolutely. This has been awesome. All right. This is off the bench. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.